0: it's nothing new. It just has this new name. But what I do think SEL, how that's different is it's a set of skills now, now not a set of character traits. So we're mm. looking at developing skills with students. Um, and I think it's one of those pieces that is absolutely essential for life success. And it's a never ending journey.
1: Welcome to Educator Happy Hour, a space to have candid conversations about the issues plaguing and motivating educators the most. Pull up a chair, grab your beverage of choice, and join us as we help you feel affirmed and inspired to do this work. hope are hoping, hoping <laughs> to God that this recording is actually going to work. If you can
2: hear us, God, <laughs> please. Make this work. Third time's a charm.
1: I've had like literal nightmares since the last time we recorded where I'm like, you know, I'll have this dream that I have this awesome guest on and then like everything goes horribly wrong. It's kind of like, you know, like those dreams of when you're in the middle of teaching and then all of a sudden you realize you're naked in front. Have you had that dream before?
2: Never. You've
1: never had that dream? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... Hey there, long-time listeners. You might be wondering, what is going on with the formatting of the show? This is not what I was used to, and we have some changes. Who you hear me speaking to right now is Ming Shelby, our new co-host of Educator Happy Hour. And now, multiple times I've tried to record an episode to introduce y'all to Ming Shelby, who's just an amazing human being. But as things happen in education, every time I recorded, something went horribly wrong. So I am just moving on, and we are diving straight into it. Now we are switching up the format because this needs to feel more comfortable Conversational, So we're bringing in more conversationalists. Ming Shelby is a member of the TYS speaker family. She's a TEDx speaker, a national board certified educator, and is currently the director of professional learning in the suburbs of Chicago. She's also a perfect co-host for Educator Happy Hour. Hilarious, brilliant, and empathetic. And we are going to be diving in with many other fellow nerd throughout this season. This week, we are joined by Dr. Krista Lay, an educator, consultant, and advocate for transformative learning environments. She's the co-founder of Residence Educational Consulting, and she's a big old nerd when it comes to social emotional learning. Now I'm wondering if I'm just like a weirdo. Like, I have had so (laughs) many dreams where, like, I'm in the middle of teaching. And all of a sudden, like, no one's, none of the students are, like, responding, and they start giggling, and then it's like, I'm not wearing pants or something. Um, but apparently I'm, the, apparently, I'm the freak who's had that, that weird dream before. Have you ever ever had any education nightmares?
2: I mean, I have things where I wake up, and I'm thinking, wait, did I get this done, or stuff like that. But, but I don't think I've had any education nightmares. It's a super
1: boring I like how your nightmare is like, I forgot my to-do list.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) When you say it like that, it sounds super lame. (laughs) Have I had? I don't think so. That would be a funny question to ask people. Like, what have your weird education dreams been?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll ask ask our our next guest who we're about to uh, let in the lobby here whole new setup i'm gonna push the green welcoming krista in
2: hi krista hello how are you both doing we're doing well we were (laughs) just talking about how chase has weird education dreams like educator (laughs) like he'll think he's teaching and then realize he has no pants on. well hold on
1: hold on i am teaching in the dream (laughs) it's not like i'm imagining the teaching part in the dream i'm actually teaching but then Sorry. all of a sudden... Thank you for the
2: correction.
1: Krista, <laughs> welcome. We're just going to like dive straight into this of uh, talking about me oh being God. naked. We're weird
0: weird <laughs> drink. Okay, I'm in. You can do that. Have this. you had one of those, Krista? I usually have ones where I'm dropping the proverbial ball. Like hmm. there's 50 kids in the classroom. I'm not prepared or I'm trying to get to a class and I can't find where I'm going.
1: Oh, see now that make, Ming's Ming's nightmare was like forgetting an item on her to do list where she's like, oh, I forgot to make that copy. Like th- that's, Chris, that's that's a little bit more on par of like something that is really embarrassing yeah. and ho- and gone horribly wrong. Um, but yes. <laughs> as we're talking about nightmares, welcome to Educator Happy Hour. Um, Krista, I think like a long long while ago I met you um on what's the thing, Clubhouse. The Clubhouse, clubhouse. thing, yeah. Like you and Ming are like Clubhouse aficionados. Yeah. Is is Clubhouse still a thing? Cuz it was a big thing and then I haven't heard about it for a while. Is is it a thing?
0: I still see people on there. Some people that Ming and I <laughs> Met, they're still going strong on it, but that's actually what birthed our SEL and Edu podcast. Yeah. So we took it from Clubhouse and decided to um keep the recordings, allow people to go back and to listen to them. Oh, but then Clubhouse yeah. updated what they do, and now they have recordings, I guess, too. Oh,
1: so how often? Like, how often do y'all get on the Clubhouse? How long do you? How often do you go to the house? And why have <laughs> I not been all- invited to the club in a it's while? Like,
0: it's like, <laughs>
1: the google
2: (laughs) (laughs) she just schooled you chase
1: (laughs) that's why i don't get invited to the clubhouse
0: (laughs) i don't know Ming. what about you full disclosure i haven't been on clubhouse in like two years Mm -hmm.
2: same yeah Mm. same but i think chase you're leaving out some important details of our clubhouse party that we had. It was a really special... It was International Happiness Day. I'm on Mm -hmm. Clubhouse and I'm like, Chase, do you want to do this International Happiness Day with me talking about positive psychology? I randomly... DM to Krista. We had uh, never talked before. We did not. But we we'd seen each other in rooms and stuff. I don't know if she saw me, but I had seen her. And I'm what like, "Hey, you? yeah, saw- okay. Okay, cool." So, <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, Krista, will you like hop on and talk and hop on the stage and talk about International Happiness Day?" And she's like, "Yes, of course. Thanks for asking me." And so begins our interactions. Mm. I and love. I learned that when Ming asks if you can join you do it.
0: You're like, "Yes." Yeah.
1: Yeah. She does yeah. that. She like she has this weird uh, like <laughs> kind peer pressure that she does where it's like you don't want to let Ming down. Um yeah, I did it even though I'm like I wasn't on Clubhouse at all in it was, it was super nerve-wracking. Like, with the thing that like was really hard for me is there's no, like, facial feedback to, like, see. I was just, like, listening, and it's almost like uh-huh. being cold-called in the middle of class. Like, you don't know when your name is going to get called, and then all of a sudden, you get called, and you have to, like, talk. And I'm like, I don't know if anyone can hear me. Like, I sweat a lot, <laughs> and I was sweating so much, just, like, pacing in my, my bedroom of, like, I got to be ready for if they call, a, call me on the, on the clubhouse.
0: Well, can I add in one? Yeah. Do you mind if I add in one thing? Yeah, I think what was kind of neat that people might not have always known is that you would have a back channel somewhere else. Mm. Like the host mm-hmm. would have a back channel. So mm-hmm. when somebody else got on and like you invited a guest up and they were talking and they were talking and talking and talking, we're like, <laughs> get them off. How are we going to like interrupt and be like, "Thank you so much for what you just shared," and boom, bounce you back down to the audience. Um, so there was a lot going on. Uh, we DMing each other and t- and chatting and talking, and the other people would be talking. So there was a lot to sweat about.
1: Yeah, no. That uh, now I'm wondering, like, did you guys yank me off the stage when I wasn't ready? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> this guy talks too like, much. Why
2: am I muted all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> what? End. <laughs> um, okay. uh, Krista, I'm I'm excited for you to. To hop on here because your, your realm, like you are a guru in this space of SEL, social emotional learning. And yeah. I don't know if like a word has reached buzzword status as like strongly right now as SEL seems to have reached. I mean, like. It's not only one of those concepts that I hear tossed around in all the schools that I get a chance to like speak at or work with, but um, there's a lot of emotion behind that word as well, and there's a lot of pushback. So um, one of the questions I like to ask a lot of folks around, whatever their topic is, is if you could describe the current state of social-emotional learning in three words, what would be the three words you would use to describe SEL today?
0: Needed. mm
2: misunderstood
1: and mm. essential. Mm. Tell us more. Unpack those. That a was bit.
2: so good, Krista. Cause I'm like, <laughs> dang, Chase, start with the hard hitting question right away. Hey, this is okay.
1: payback for all the sweat I had on, on the clubhouse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and after I said,
0: I see needed and essential as being two separate things. So hmm. it's definitely a needed focus for us in education, not just for the students, but for us as human beings, as adults Um, I think that with the shift many years ago towards that sole focus on academics, we really lost a piece of reaching the whole child and really Mm. looking at creating whole people and supporting them. I think that it is misunderstood because it is something that we have always had as a part of education. Um, Even just within the last 100 years, it's been uh, character education, values clarification, affective education, education. It's nothing new. It just has this new name. But what I do think SEL, how that's different is it's a set of skills now, now not a set of character traits. So we're Mm. looking at developing skills with students. Um, and I think it's one of those pieces that is absolutely essential for life success and it's a never ending journey. Yeah. So we never actually hit that like actualization where it's like, yes, I'm proficient in all 40 skills, yeah. um, on any given day I could, you know, be up some days and, and have something happen and need to pull myself back up again.
1: Um. It's life. Yeah, for sure. I Like that, what you brought up is interesting of the difference between like character education and social emotional learning of character education was very much like here are the character traits, um, which obviously like has a lot of bias, a lot of potential privilege within it. Um, and I know like a lot of people got fired up about like, well, what exact traits are we are we teaching? Whereas like social emotional learning is like much more of just like the to life skills where it almost feels like there's no way to ever master it. And that can be like both cool, but also like super overwhelming. So I'd be curious to know, like how like how can teachers or like human beings like embrace this work knowing that like there's no perfection and there's no like little checkbox you can do or or even like, you know, way to necessarily feel like you've quote unquote mastered it.
0: Yeah, I think that what might seem daunting if we look at it on the flip side, we could really use to empower us. Uh, So just last week, I was working with a group of high school teachers I've worked with in the past, and they have a couple new people on the team. And one of the teammates said, I'm not as advanced as the rest of you are. And I'm like, actually, hold on a second. Mm. I said, we're all just on this journey. There's really just because you don't feel like there's no such thing as not being advanced. Um, You have these skills and we're always growing in those skills. Just do you have the willingness to lean into it and to... Um, give explicit, allow the students to help co-create what those skills look like and sound like in the classroom, in the learning environment. And are you willing to go on that journey with them where you're both, both groups are going to make mistakes, but then how do you respond to those mistakes, those missteps as we continue forward? Hmm. So going back, like when you said a guru or an expert, I I tell people I'm not any better than anybody else around the topic. It's just that that's all I do is research Mm. and focus and read about SEL, whereas other educators are pulled in lots of different directions. And while it would seem overwhelming, I would say pick just a couple skills that you really know your students need to develop and work on explicitly integrating those pieces uh, you don't have to do all of them, but you do have to do something. We owe it to the students to do something.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, the the idea of choosing a couple skills and going for it, where do you fall in this line of, like, it should be a, a set curriculum, like, the, this should be explicitly taught, versus just like kind of go with the flow like hey maybe if we get to like a five minute meditation we're good to go like how much of it should be like explicitly like boom here's a curriculum how much of it should be just like infused into a teacher's daily world without the pressure of having to follow this like lockstep idea
0: i love that you just asked that um my philosophy is that sel is not a program Mm. it's who you are and what you do every single day Um, We say that it's infused into the physical environment around you, what and who is displayed on the walls, the way that the seating is arranged. It's in your social interactions, just checking in with students, giving them opportunities to meditate or to have some mindful moments or giving them some time to organize as they're packing up at the end of a class period, Um, greeting them when they're coming in, asking them how their weekend went, how their family's doing, what they're involved in. Uh, But it's also infused into instructional practices. So. Mm. When we have our students working together in groups, let's select an SEL skill and say, while you're working on this content, I want you to also focus on this skill and this is what it's going to look like and sound like. And you co-create that with the students. It's not the teacher Mm. directing and saying, this is my expectation of you. Um, And then it's related to curricular connections. So if you're talking about empathy in a book or taking perspective in social studies or Um, like in world language, maybe you're looking at uh, the different events of society and how that's influenced different groups of people. Um, There are always skills that can connect in everything we say, we think, and we do when we're working with students. Hmm.
2: It's integrated seamlessly throughout your day of how we interact and the content that we're teaching that it's not an additional thing, right, Krista?
0: No. And I think that I i was a high school teacher. And so mm-hmm. I'll be very honest, I kind of bristle when anyone's like, here's the program. <laughs> because <laughs> what if it's not <laughs> authentic to who I am and the way I interact with people? Um, what if it doesn't fit my content, fit my context, or the classroom environment that I'm in? Like, what SEL looks like in a tech ed class, or a wood shopping class, or a family consumer science is going to look different than in a math class. And that's okay. Um I do think, though, that we need to be really explicit with our students about what skills we're working on and why we do what we do. Mm. Um, it's not something we do to students. It's something we co-create with students and their families to say, what does this look like for us? Um, and I do think, too, that that when we all work together, we can ensure that we're hitting all of the skills. So really thinking about how are we a connected community of educators working together to provide the foundation for our students. And so it might not be everybody doing everything, but what can we do working together?
1: Mm. So I want to like, it it kind of jump into this realm almost as like a devil's advocate, um, or maybe like just actually share like some of my challenges or frustrations as an educator and bringing in social emotional learning. And one of it was like how potentially like nebulous this idea of infusing it can be um, of like, you know like a uh, class A might have a teacher who's like very well versed very well trained in being able to to label and identify core skills but another teacher might not be and so like because it is potentially not explicitly taught in some ways that that can be a little strange or challenging there's also kind of this piece of like <laughs> What if someone sucks at social emotional skills and they're trying to like, you know, like where they're like, let's all use our kind words. And the next minute they're like snapping at a kid and not using kind words like. I think that that could be a sticking point for some people who are like, well, it should be way more explicitly taught. Like it should be like, hey, here's the exact s- standard or strand. Here's the supporting ideas. Here's how to build it in so that it isn't as potentially gray area as I've seen as the LB in schools. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that or experience or like meaning if if on your background and your work with curriculum, you have anything that you've experienced with that. Ming, do you want to
2: go for it? You go for it. It goes back
0: to that authenticity piece. Mm. I am not always proficient in all of the skills. And in fact, I fully admit to people like my self-management is my weakest. When I get an (laughs) idea or I get excited, I'm like really excited all into it. And it takes a long time for me to get angry. But if somebody hits like a core value, I'm like, and I really need to process a lot and think before I respond Um, my goal setting skills are awful. Um, (laughs) I'm not, not, I hire people to help me with this stuff. Like I need coaches for some of this. Um, so I'm not the person to do those skills with students and that's okay. Um, to be honest, I don't necessarily think that everybody's equipped to talk about cultural, social, and linguistic Mm. identity development Mm -hmm. with students. And if you're not ready for it, please don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Like Let another teacher handle that. And th- so that's where I think the programs can be a little bit pro- problematic
1: mm. because
0: there's this idea that we're all like advisory period or morning meeting that we all have to do this to the same level when we're growing as adults. Um, but I would it should be good for me to know who to tap into like, oh, you know, Miss so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so down the hall is really great with goal setting. Let's find out what he recommends or she recommends, and I'll come back to you on that. Um, hmm. To your point about the proficiency piece, I, I have really strong feelings about this, and that if you're finding that you're consistently messing up and taking missteps, um, that that's a problem, because we're the adults working with 25 to 30 students every day, and in high school, up to 150. So if we're constantly using unkind words, if we're constantly um, creating an environment where students are not physically and emotionally safe. I think that's a bigger issue,
1: mm-hmm. but we do mess
0: up. And I think if we have those strong relationships, when we do mess up and we apologize and try to restore and repair that the students are more likely to forgive us and to move forward.
1: What about for like, cause I feel like a lot of the people who suck at teaching don't know they suck at teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like, like the person who who like sucks at social emotional skills often thinks they are awesome at social emotional skills.
0: That's, that's, yes, it's like um, the curse of the ignorant, right? Or some, you know, like do don't, don't
2: know. Yeah. Do so you, you just, just say like, "Hey, do you see your face? It's really <laughs>
1: hey, hey you you need hey, social emotional learning, right? <laughs> Okay, so, like, here's a random question, or not not super random, but, uh, like, do you think social emotional learning should be, like, a certifiable teaching, uh, like, major, or should it be, like, you get your English language arts certification or your chemistry certification? Do you think it should be, like, at that level? And would that give no. it, like, more rigor, more like, oh, yeah, like, no, this is something you can actually study and dive deeper in? <laughs>
2: Chase, I'm imagining this like hilarious certification program like you with the face. You need yeah. intervention with your <laughs> social emotional skills. Yeah, R- let's I mean, RTI
1: that. Basically, your, your final exam <laughs> you is you have to work with your least favorite colleague and you have to not explode at them. Like that's how you get certified where they're like, wow, you didn't give them the middle finger. So you get the certification. <laughs> that's what should be.
0: You know, the the funny thing is, is I was working with the middle school out towards Pittsburgh and they were telling like, OK, so if we model this, we did an activity. What does this skill look like? Sound like communicating effectively. They're like, um, well, we'd like the students to stop saying shut that up. Pete. and I'm like, OK, so let's just put that explicitly. And like, you know what, if a child is about to say that and then doesn't, that's a plus. Like, that's a bonus. Right. So <laughs> what you're saying about the teacher, like. Wow, that let's look at that as success. Um, I actually have very strong feelings and, and I could feel it coming up <laughs> as soon as do you're it. asking, I'm like, Do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I feel that if we do it's 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 all of our responsibility. I feel like if you have a certification in it, other people are gonna be like, I'm not certified to do that. Kind of like counseling. Mm. I'm not a, I know I'm not a counselor, but I can still have a conversation with a student and uh, ask them if they're, I feel that would be like a, an easy way out for like, Oh, that's not my responsibility, but it is is. You're modeling mm. kids. Um, I also think that it's kind of like reading. Like I was a social studies teacher and when the reading standards came out, I'm like, Oh no, this is not, I didn't go to school. To be an teacher. I'm not touching this. And then I became an instructional coach, and I'm like, "Oh, I have to touch this.
1: <laughs> oh, crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and what I realized is I don't have to be skilled to the point that the ELA teachers are, but it is my hmm. responsibility to help students with grammar, with punctuation, with yeah. spelling, with some basic pieces. So we're responsible for something, but it doesn't need to be all of it at this incredibly high level.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Krista, I can relate to that, because I think in schools... Um, We're like, oh, who's the expert on that? That Mm. person can go help, like the social worker. And really one of the things that I think is so important is that gen ed teachers that they know about SEL. Because by the time you need the social worker or something, hopefully there's been some sort of intervening along the way that it's not just like, dump, here you go, please help me. Like we've been talking about this Mm. every day that I've seen you.
0: Yeah, well, and what you've just said reminded me of the fact that, so what if a student is really needing full 360 support, hmm. but they're like, oh, only this one person has the deep SEL skills to work right. with them. What right. are they gonna do for the other parts of the day when the teachers are like, not my job?
1: Yeah, like, right.
0: I feel that when we can work together, you know, like, oh, well, I reinforced this skill, and we've been working on this for the last two weeks. Well, oh, in this class, we've been working on this skill. And there's a natural fit and flow.
1: Yeah, for sure. So let's imagine that you are working with someone who is like, I don't know. I do SEL in the classroom. My face does suck around students. <laughs> I, like, I, I bombed the SEL portion of my practicum. Um, like, if you're starting with someone who, like, really doesn't know where to begin, like, what what are, like, the, the two or three steps or moves that you would you'd start them on? Like, where, where should someone go to go deeper?
0: good question um first thing i would i'd be curious to see how they define seo
1: hmm.
0: and because a friend of mine calls me a, a hmm. castle purist so castle like <laughs> yeah. social emotional learning and i'm like do you know the five competencies it, that sel is more than building relationships with students uh-huh. that there's four other skill sets there that we need to, to focus on and um just quickly back to your point about the programs if you hmm. look at the research from castle um, there is not any one program out there, even though some of them are really well researched. Hmm. There is not any one program that addresses all five competencies equitably. There's it's um, there's two reports navigating SEL from the inside out. And I had studied all of that. And I'm like, there's usually what we're missing is self-awareness and social awareness. We mm-hmm. either assume that kids are developing it on their own, you know, or by the time they get to us, they should have that already. Um, so to your point, uh, Chase, I would say that first, like really get to know the five competencies. And mm-hmm. I actually have sticky notes. Um, I used to put a sticky note on my computer and say, you know, what are the SEL competencies and memorize them. And actually, I just had these made up that I give out to schools I work with. Um, so it has the five competencies and then just a couple of the uh, categories under each one. So once mm. you start to know these you start to see it everywhere and you can start to call on it. Um, The other thing is that we have a checklist where we say, do you do this, 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 and this? And if teachers are like, yes, like you're doing SEL. Hmm. Just let's talk to the students about why it is that we're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, uh, why do we have student work displayed around the classroom? Why do I have posters of different people throughout history? Um, Hmm. Why do I... Cons- consistently move you around in groups so that you get to meet and talk to other people in the classroom. It's because I'm working on this
1: particular skill
0: with you mm. in this competency.
1: Mm, um, I freaking love that. Cause like, you know, it, it, me, me and you probably can relate to this too, of like a lot of our, our background training within professional development is like, If you can't explain the why of what you're doing as a teaching practice, like that's where you need to begin is like really understanding like the why behind a certain move. And if you don't know the why, then like either learn the why or maybe stop doing that move. And I think like teachers do so many social emotional things, maybe even without even thinking through for themselves of like, why exactly am I doing this? And then to make that visible and transparent to students not only is it gonna like help them see like the social emotional learning that's happening, but also like help kids understand like, why the heck are we doing some of these things in school? Like it, it almost seems like this, this double layered approach or even triple layered. I know as a teacher, they know from a social emotional standpoint, but they also know from like a human engagement, motivational standpoint of why we do what we do. I freaking love that.
0: Yeah, I I tell this story of my older son, who's now a senior in college when he was in eighth grade. He's like, my Mm. math teacher doesn't teach. I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't your her is, face
1: is, suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't teach how her face sucks. Um Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I knew the teacher, um, but I'm like, and I also know him and all of his friends. I'm like, he's I'm like, what do you what do you mean? (laughs) She just puts us into groups and just makes us do work. And she just walks around Mm -hmm. all day. Okay, Mm -hmm. You all think you're right all the time. You have a hard time listening to each other and negotiating with one another. Uh, She's helping you with teamwork, with navigating, you know, when you get frustrated with somebody. And I bet if you got stuck because you had a disagreement or you got stuck on a problem, she'd come help you. Right. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you're learning SEL and math at the same time. But she didn't tell you that. So it goes right over the kids' heads. Hmm. Um, I think we need to, like, let them in. It's not a secret. Someone's like, is SEL like a secret that we're doing?
1: In some some states, it has to be.
0: (laughs) That's true. I just, well, and I think that comes back to the misunderstanding yeah, and a, sure. a, a distrust in the system. Um, but it's my hope that the students get to know these skills and then start yeah. to monitor and assess themselves so that it's not teacher directed.
1: We'll be back after this educator. Happy Hour is brought to you by T Y S speakers. Are you looking to inspire your students or staff to not only motivate their thinking, but their actions in school and beyond then check out T Y S speakers. T Y S speakers is a group of carefully vetted speakers and professional development leaders whose messages are engaging evidence-based and life changing. Browse the speakers and watch preview videos at tysspeakers.com
2: I'm here with two high school people. I'm outnumbered by you two. (laughs) Krista, this might be a a cautious question. Do you see one grade level span more involved in tune with SEL compared to another grade level span or... Maybe this is too controversial of a question. No, let's
1: tra- let's trash talk some levels. Let's just get get it out there. Which, which grade level collectively all their faces suck at this and they can't do it. Yeah.
0: And then we can talk about content area teachers too. Yeah. Um, right. uh, and don't we say you're if you're part of that group, you're allowed to bash them. So I can bash the high school teachers because that was my life yeah. for ten years. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just that, it, honestly, I would say that probably the people who are most comfortable are the K one and two, because they're helping to like form little humans who are okay to go out into the world beyond their house, and they're like just soaking it up as a, like as sponges. Um, but mm. I think that as high school teachers, I was taking four hundred level classes in this history of Britain in the sixteen hundreds when I should have been learning more about child development and how to navigate yeah. rapport and relationships with students and about SEL. I took this class because I have a, a social studies ed background, but it hasn't served me. Uh, mm. Meanwhile, my elementary friends are really getting, I think the psychology and, and I maybe had like one ed psych course. Uh. Well, I just don't think that the secondary, the emphasis is on the development of the student to the extent that it needs to be. So we're not prepared. And it's, it's scary <laughs> to go in and think, oh, I, I didn't learn how to do this. What if I mess up?
1: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's like a lot of secondary, and I'm speaking from my experience, was almost like Where the it was the end of like the pass the buck idea or almost like reverse pass the buck where it was like, well, they should know this by the time they get in here. And like (laughs) they've had how many years of learning this? And like that's kind of unfortunate. But I am curious kind of with that question of like I think a lot of people got rocked by uh the shifts during COVID and some of the closures and when students were coming in, I mean, that's the number one thing I heard from schools is like kids seem developmentally like socially a couple of years back behind than what they were previously. So I think a lot of secondary teachers had to like sink or swim when it came to having social emotional learning happening in their classroom and being able to do that work, um, which might've shifted hopefully long-term, but from your experience, have you noticed or what noticed, what changes have you noticed since like COVID-19, 2020, and how social-emotional learning is, is being approached or talked about or, or even looked at in schools?
0: I think for the most part, people are on board with why it's important. Mm. I don't have to really spend time talking about why they should be focusing on this. I think mm. inherently people now see that our students need extra support and extra guidance and extra practice. So I see that as being a really big shift. I have slides that we can talk through if someone's like, "But I don't understand why," and I can talk about the short, the midterm, and the long-term benefits. Um, but they don't really need that anymore. What they're more interested in is the how. And mm. as a classroom teacher, I like to be in the weeds and like tell me exactly what this looks like and and how I can do this in a way that makes sense for me and my students, and in a way that doesn't take quote time away mm. from what I you know, the competing initiatives yeah. that come in the testing. Um, yeah. So I think it's the how part. And and I am seeing people say that generally the consensus that I've heard is that our, our students are about two years behind socially and emotionally. So my mm-hmm. team developed, spent two years to develop K to 12 SEL learning targets. Um, we looked at all 50 States tried to, and we created something that, uh, we've been told is very robust and user-friendly um, mm. and makes sense. And, you know, where students at, if they're not where they the grade band should be, let's go back a grade band and see what essential foundational skills are missed. And if they're on target, what's the next step? Because the skills mm. continue to grow in complexity, and, and all of our students deserve to have opportunities to grow in those skill sets. And we as
2: adults too.
1: I was just going to say, like, Like, does this extend into adult learning, professional development as well?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, Krista, we're modeling, right? They're watching us and, and it's the whole, we can say one thing, but they're also watching how we're behaving and they better, our behaviors and actions and values better align.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, and you're experiencing that now with your two boys, right? Like, they're still, yeah. they're younger, but they're watching and, and you know, mimicking
1: yeah. everything yeah. that
0: they are seeing around them.
1: Okay, so on that note, here's another one of those pieces that I've thought a lot about, just having children well, in my Before own. you go
2: into this really insightful question, <laughs> I think that a proper shout out to the elementary folks should be had <laughs> after <laughs>
1: Oh, how dare we? How dare we?
2: <laughs> okay, let's just, you know, <laughs> dial it back to the important point over here.
1: <laughs> I like that that, and was, your, that, it's a that was your takeaway. Like, out of the last 15 minutes, like, that was your takeaway of, like, yes, elementary teachers can, unite. <laughs> can
0: I put an ask in there, though, for the elementary folks? Please, Krista. Keep it in the morning meeting. Keep the, yeah. the threads of those learnings going throughout the day, yeah. and weave it into the cafeteria work, the um, the specialist classes that the kids have be out on the playground, in the library. Like the whole culture should be infused this way, not just the first twenty minutes of their day.
2: Mm. All right, we all need some work. Yeah, all mm. levels, <laughs> and of course the you know, the middle, the middle school, uh, middle children, they get left out of this conversation also. (laughs) There's a whole
1: lot to work with there. (laughs) (laughs) So like, all right, Chase, back to your insightful question. This actually kind of like picks up when you, when you mentioned the idea of culture, like I think potentially one of the controversies on many different levels is like, can and should schools be the forerunners of social emotional learning when like, there are major genetic factors that come into play with how someone emotionally regulates and has social awareness. There um, There is, you know, like all of this that's happening before they even enter a school system. There are the many hours that they're at home more so than they're even at school. So it's almost kind of this idea of like, are schools taking on more than they can chew and more than they should in doing this? Like, is there any hope in like making a splash? What are your thoughts around that?
0: I think that what happens if we don't is my question back? Like, <laughs> yeah. what happens to the right. kids if we don't step up? Um, and it's not a blame thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just our society has evolved over all of these decades that things yeah. aren't like they were. And we can either lament that if that's the right word, or like blame, mm-hmm. or we can just say, here's where we're at. What do we need to do to help our children become the best that they can be in their future? Um, so you know, I think, well, if, what happens if we don't step in there? Um, I also think that when Castle redefined the 40 skills in October of 2020, they made hmm. some pieces very explicit, which I really appreciate. And some of those hmm. pieces are around prejudice and bias, hmm. understanding hmm. cultural, linguistic, social identities and strengths. And I think that for us as educators, this is a call for us to really understand and try to Get the perspective of our students because they're coming from places, uh, from homes, from socioeconomic different statuses than what we may have had uh, being educators or just thinking about cultural, racial, ethnic diversities that we need to learn about our students and really Mm -hmm. think about the biases and the prejudices that perhaps we come to school with. Um, which is why I don't think the teachers can say this is what SEL is. It's something that those skills are co-created with the students and with the families. I think that school can be the initiator of that conversation and of that culture building, but it can't be done by the school educators alone. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I hope they
0: articulated that. No, like, I,
1: I, I think even that idea of like, well, what happens if we don't, because like that, that is one of those pieces that many people can't avoid of, you know, just, just generally some of the challenges in society of how people are socializing and how people are regulating their emotions and, and what are the impacts of that. Um, but even just like, you can get real re- re- down to the, the nuts and bolts of like education of like, if a teacher isn't helping students develop competency in these areas like they see the effect in the classroom like they see what happens when students don't regulate and they see what happens when they don't have that social awareness um so it's almost like yeah if you face the reality like we have to at least play our part as schools in helping students develop and grow um we're going to be pretty soon moving into our our final section of this podcast um but i want to give you some space like as as a a a identified nerd of like, you nerd out on this stuff. Like what haven't you shared around your passion or your suggestions or strategies with SEL that you would, you would love to share with our audience? Two things actually. And so thank you for asking Uh, that.
0: I think that when we're looking at creating a culture of social, emotional learning, we've been doing some research over the last six years and we find that there are three factors. hmm. So many times schools are looking to assess the students and to find out, what their level of SEL proficiency is. And I get a little, There, people are spending a lot of money for screeners and perhaps not using that data to the fullest extent. So they're focusing on the students who are struggling the most mm. and not looking at it as something that is a tier one practice to help all students grow and develop. Um, and it's also just one snapshot in time. And so then we have developed an implementation audit where we can look at what are the inputs, the schools, what are they doing already to get those outcomes that Hmm. they want? And so we have found that there are different pieces that fall under cultural, structural, and behavioral factors. Hmm. Um, And that information is on our website. You can download the infographic and it will give you information Um, about all of those pieces so that you can think, does this exist in my Mm. organization? Um, When we do the audit, we put it out onto stages of implementation. So we triangulate the data and can tell you this is where the data says you are. So Mm. here might be some natural next steps for you to deepen that culture and to broaden the capacity and investment. Um, So that would be the first thing. Don't Mm. just look at your outcomes, but what are you doing to get those outcomes and is it something that is system-wide? The second thing is that there's been a lot of talk around how we assess SEL skills. And I really don't think that just focusing on quantitative data is the answer. Hmm. I think that if we all think about talking to the students, gaining their insights, asking for their input on specific questions, that can create a better picture for us of where we're at than this student is quote in the red here. And so I've been working on developing um, a way for students to do a self-assessment of any of the skills, based on how the teachers and the students are operationalizing it and defining that together.
1: Love that! I can't wait to to share those links. We're, we're going to put a whole lot of whole lot of links coming uh, to our listeners' way because, like, I, I think that is. You know, you, you, when you nerd out on a topic, you're like, yeah, this is just like the, the tip of the iceberg of like how much deeper you can go <laughs> as a school organization. And like, th- thankfully, you have created that work so people can dive more in depth in it for sure. Um, all right. So we're going to we're going to move into our final section of our time together. It's something that we call statements where Ming and I are going to give a statement. You have four options to respond to the statement. You can strongly agree, agree disagree or strongly disagree there's no neutral no middle ground um and then we'll just kind of like bounce back and forth and like elaborate a little bit more so um i'm gonna kick off with the first statement if that's cool with you ming can i can i go first yeah go for it so here's my
0: gonna be like hide my head and be like oh i disagree
2: well just so you know krista whenever chase throws these statements at me i'm i can i pick neutral or kind of agree disagree and he's like no I like well, that though. I have a friend who said I don't play by the rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ming Ming will not take a <laughs> <laughs> I
2: Ming, mean, You're a troublemaker.
1: <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm going to give you like a one on our topic. We might throw some random ones in as well that have nothing to do with our topic. Um so statement number 1. Teaching social emotional skills is more important in schools than teaching academic skills. I agree. Okay. Tell us more.
0: I agree. Go ahead, Ming. You go first.
1: <laughs> she tagged you no. in, Ming. You, you shouldn't have said anything.
0: <laughs> no, <not it. laughs> no, go. You go. Um, because I don't want to lose sight of the fact that we are helping the students achieve academically so that they can mm. get prepared for life. Um, that is one of the just essential foundations of schooling. Um and I think we need to keep an eye on both. There was a professor at Vanderbilt, um, Dr. Joe Murphy, and mm. I heard him talk and he said, I tell teachers we need to keep one eye on challenge and one eye on care. And mm. so we can't just focus on SEL, but not the stretching and the academic growth, but we just can't focus on the academics.
1: Hmm. All right, being your turn. You go.
2: I, th- we, well, I think connection before content. Right. Mm. And in order for content to stick and to make a, a difference and making meaning and all that, we need connection.
1: Hmm. So, okay, I, yeah, so I I've had this weird evolution <laughs> like I used to like uh, strongly agree And then for a while, I I disagreed where I had that moment of like, schools are trying to take on more than they can chew. Like, this is going to be too hard for us to do alone. Like, you know, academics, like teachers are stressing themselves out of doing all these other things. But like, here's, I'm back at agree. But one of the major things that is leading me there is just the shift in technology and what knowledge acquisition even looks like right now of, I think schools are able to, I don't want to say offload, but like students can learn so much academically through a computer or through technology or through ways that they didn't have before that it's almost like freeing up this space where, where schools can do a much deeper step into those social emotional skills that they can't learn through a computer or they can't learn through technology. Um, and so that's where I, like, I, I've really kind of shifted back to like, no, like more than ever, this social emotional learning is going to need to become the forefront of what schools do because the academic learning is going to be acquired in a whole different way than we're used to
2: that's a really good point too
1: what's your statement Ming? what you got
2: okay my statement ready is that schools should focus on adult sel before student sel absolutely
1: agree strongly agree yeah i'm going strongly agree really krista
2: Really? Okay,
0: tell me more. <laughs> because I I we need to first model it. We're not going to be perfect, but we need to, I do think that if we're not ready to open up the dialogue and and the explicit connection with students, the the step that we need to be mindful of it for ourselves and how we are modeling our growth in those skills. It's it's hard to to learn from somebody when they're not practicing what they're preaching.
1: Yeah. My mind's kind of similar on that lens of like, you know, not going back to like certifying people in social emotional (laughs) learning, but it's like, you know, like if you don't know the mechanics of writing, it's going to be so much harder to teach writing. Like it's going to be so much harder to diagnose what's happening and assess what's happening. Like even like from a, you know, qualitative standpoint of just seeing what's happening in the classroom. So it's like the more... uh, adults can be very deeply understanding not necessarily masterful but deeply understanding of the elements that go into social emotional learning it's going to be so much easier to infuse and so much more effective so um for that reason i think like it has to start with the adults doing some deep work and understanding it before they really try to do too much in the classroom
0: that was very eloquently said that was you were
2: eloquent too krista
1: Ming, what's your answer
2: I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. T- talk about it. Tell us. That's, that's why we're here.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I think there's pitchforks coming for me now. Um,
1: we'll try to self-regulate. I think,
2: okay, please, yeah. please I'll hold back. What I've noticed is that most people who I know go into education really want to make a difference in kids' lives. And so sometimes they're really good with kids. And really terrible with adults. But Mm. the focus is on kids and what I can do for students. And so that when, in my experience, when people have been like, what's this SEL thing? Like, are you sure or what? And when they start incorporating some of the morning meeting ideas with their students or that community time and they see a shift in students and how they interact with each other and how their behavior looks different as a result of these skills that has created a shift in the adult because of the student buy-in and it needed to take that as a catalyst for the adult to change so I mean even my own statement I'm like kind of like <laughs> we disagree look at me um But I don't think we have to wait for adults to get it right for us to focus on the kids. I think that was my Mm. my sticking point. Can I ask a a clarifying question back then?
0: Um, Because I see both sides of that. The approach that you take or that you're saying there, I think then the teachers have to be kind of told you're doing morning meeting like it's more directive as in, like, this is not a non. This is non-negotiable. You're going to do this, and then when you do see evidence of it, it can change your practice. Um, I'm wondering your thoughts on then it being something that is directed, is more of a directive to do, and not because the teachers initially think that their heart is in it, and is that going to show through? Hmm. Like they're just going through the motions.
2: Oh, for sure. I think anytime something's a directive, you just you're like, oh well, I'm being told to do it, so I have we're, to do it. We're doing
1: right? our morning meeting. Everyone, come I over. Yes. Our-
2: <laughs> come sit in a circle now.
0: Yeah, and then I know of the secondary teachers who've done that. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm doing this stupid thing because I have to, and I don't really want to. And I'm like, then then just you've already like just stop. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Like, so not- maybe this is an elementary-secondary distinction, because the elementary <laughs> folks were like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll, like, sit and talk with our kids and, like, connect and get to know what's going on in secondary. You're like, I got too much content to cover. Got don't it. you know? We got to make it through World War Two and Civil War. Like, we don't have enough time. <laughs> Am, am I even saying the wars in the right order? I don't
1: know. <laughs>
2: no,
1: that's okay. But, <laughs> well, it depends on what, what civil war you're talking about. Is this world yeah. or U.S. <laughs> uh, <laughs> world <or> U.S.? <stuff? laughs> okay, so here, here's my next statement. This is a this is a big self awareness statement. Cake is better than pie.
0: I'm going through the my favorite cakes and my favorite pies and putting them up against each other. Mm-hmm. Strongly disagree.
1: Ming, what's your answer? Cake is better than pie. Neither. No, like, come on, (laughs) you can't. (laughs) You gotta play by the rules here.
2: Agree, agree. Okay, I'll agree.
1: Okay, so Krista, what were the what were the like pie pie and cake battles that were going on in your mind?
0: Yeah, homemade strawberry pie and Mm. chocolate cake. Mm. I think I have to go with the strawberry pie every time. I love dense chocolate cake, but I could eat an entire strawberry
1: pie. Mm. I may have done. Have that.
2: you ever had a strawberry pie, Chase?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've made I've made a strawberry pie. Yeah. You
0: wait. You've made a strawberry pie.
1: Yeah, I I make a lot of like baking is one of my things. So yeah.
0: that's very cool. My husband yeah. bakes a lot. He makes me biscotti.
1: On oh Vegas. yeah! Nice. Nice, Ming. I want to hear more of like, why was this so hard for you?
2: Because <laughs> I I don't eat cake or pie.
1: <laughs> what do you like? Do you just not eat sugar? Are you one of those people who just doesn't touch sweets?
2: I I would rather eat a bag of chips. So oh, I oh, so you go more savory. One of those. yeah. Huh. But
1: did you have I a can't... bag of chips at your wedding instead of <laughs> a wedding cake?
2: <laughs> instead of the cake, yeah. <laughs>
1: You guys cut open the bag of Lay's potato chips together oh as a gosh, ceremonial. Oh my
2: god! The mini bags. This is really no. hilarious. And um, a side note: I was recently diagnosed with high blood pressure, and oh. one of the things you can help with your blood pressure is to cut out sodium.
1: So oh. I've been really
2: watching my sodium intake.
1: Looks like you gotta switch over to pies pies and cakes now. Yeah, yeah
2: pies and cakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Chase, what about you? Agree, oh, disagree with I'm your a, statement?
1: I'm a strongly disagree. I'm I'm pie all day. I have never had a cake that that blew my mind, but I have had many, like, different pies where I'm like, whoa, like, this is... Really? So, yeah, 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 for sure. Is
2: like, it the crust, the filling? What is it Can, about can the be pie anything. that's
1: mind-blowing? Uh, so, like, there is, it's called milk bar pie. It used to call it crack pie, but then they realized that that was culturally uh, <laughs> <laughs> not something you should call it. <laughs> uh, but it's like, you make an oatmeal cookie, and then, like, you break that and create a crust out of that, and then it's like... It's like all the best of almost like a a pecan pie. Um, Like it is so freaking good. Like that pie alone is like one of my top desserts. And then like all sorts of other pies, pecan pie below it, blueberry apple. It's just like the crust with the filling. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think cake comes close.
0: And do you decorate the top? Like I see people do like with the strips and the, like, I think it looks really cool. I just... I don't yeah,
1: think I have tried, and every time I do, I'm like, this looks stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I've tried to like make little cutout shapes and then it just looks like it looks like a second grader like crafting something where I'm like, I can't even post that. Thank goodness it's at least delicious. Um, but yeah, I've, I've tried to do the different lattice work and the different connections with it, but
2: everyone's gonna be eating wanting to eat pie now
1: or chips. I don't know they might be uh, like Yuming. <laughs> Eating (laughs) chips. Uh, Well... (laughs) Krista, thank you so much for carving out some time to hop on and talk about the important things like chips and pie and people's dumb faces and um, also like the important stuff around social emotional learning. So um, we'll be including all the links to how to find you, how to access your great work um, as well. But thanks so much, not only for the work you do, but thank you for who you are.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure getting a chance to reconnect and to share like Back in the old clubhouse days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you on the clubhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, y'all. See you on the next Educator Happy Hour. Cheers.